enter the zone. The Prophecy Zone, your end-time watchman, bringing you light in a dark world where truth is rivaled with a lie and the matrix is normal life. Luke 21. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory and when these things begin to come to pass then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. You are now in the zone. So be ready to enter the light or truth about the end of days so you will be ready for the coming of the Lord. You are in the zone, the prophecy zone. So join us for the next hour as we look at world events in line with Bible prophecy so you'll be informed and be ready for the coming of Jesus Christ. Hello and welcome to the Prophecy Zone. God bless everybody out there. Uh, Thank y'all for coming on with us today. Uh, I'm going to be talking about uh, Bible prophecy, but... First, uh, I want to talk briefly about uh, the soul and how much would a person pay for their soul, even if they don't know it's uh, uh, soon to be uh, placed with the uh, Satan's, uh, with Satan's, uh, uh, what's the word for it? Satan's destiny. So you're either going to pick the destiny of Jesus Christ, which is the the uh, resurrection and the life. Uh, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Or you're going to choose death with Satan. Uh, Satan will uh, use two minions, the false antichrist and the false prophet, and uh, they will be thrown into the lake of fire. What a deal, right? So the very two uh, individuals that Satan used in the last days to destroy billions of people and help them go to hell will get thrown into the lake of fire first, and Satan will be thrown into the lake of fire afterwards. Uh, The Bible says that the great white throne judgment will house many of the people who uh, have lived on this earth. And it will encompass all unsaved people. And everybody will stand in front of God and every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But this time it won't be because they want to. It'll be because they have to. And trust me, at that point, they probably want to as well. Um, So the destiny that you choose for your soul is either you would choose the way of the resurrection, which is Jesus Christ, or you're going to receive the uh, the, the, uh, death uh, destination, which is eternal damnation, separation from God and in hell. Uh, So, what will a man pay for his soul? Well, these days, men do not believe that <coughs> there is a hell. 
some people believe that hell is just a myth and a bunch of uh, Bible scholars or a bunch of uh, teachers in our modern time have bid off of prophets from yesterday who claim to have gotten together over 400 years and written uh, a uh, printed Bible. Uh, Some people say 2,000 years. Um, Prophets of uh, old got together and uh, uh, placed in a book uh, fallacies and myths, uh, stories. I'll be back after these messages, okay? I'll, I'll be right back. Sorry. The story we're following. New Yorkers can now apply for the new enhanced driver's license. People at Melissa on the side at Eastridge with the latest. Melissa? Well, Lisa, they've only been available for a couple of hours, but already more than 100 New Yorkers have applied for the new enhanced driver's license. Officials say that they'll make crossing borders like here at the Peacebridge safer and faster. Now, starting June 2009, federal law will require you to either have the enhanced driver's license or passport to enter into the U.S. from Canada, the Caribbean, or Bermuda. Now, the new enhanced driver's license has a special radio frequency chip inside that will make it faster at the border crossings. Now, for a regular renewal, the enhanced license costs $80. That's $30 more than a regular license. Connecting the dots and showing you why we are more vulnerable than ever. Greetings, fellow Americans. This is David Robertson, inviting you to come be a part of an American Warning Radio, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. Central. You've seen the pieces. Now, come see the bigger picture, an American Warning Radio, with your host, David Robertson, on this and many other networks that value liberty. All they're getting is mainstream media stuff. That's all they're getting, including Fox News. The American Warning Program with David Robertson, uh, just a great show. Uh, all kidding aside, the, the numbers are really going, starting to go up on that program, and I think one people realize that that's on now live Monday through Friday, 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock on this very station, you're going to be tuning in a lot more. That guy makes a lot of sense, and he's really good at what he does. Warning. Warning. America's habit forming. Status habit forming. Use the truth carefully. Get more information at anamericanwarning.com. That's A-N-AmericanWarning.com. All right, I'm back. Uh, I do these radio programs, and I swear life is okay until I start to do a radio program, and then all hell breaks out. Um, That's either saying that I'm not blessed by God or uh, I'm blessed by God, but uh, the devil's minions come against me. And by now, I like to uh, believe the lighter. I've been doing these shows for almost three years, since 2009, actually three years, and uh, I, I'm serious. I'm, 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 folks, it's exhausting doing a show because of the the opposition that you have, and I'll talk about that later as well. Um, Jesus said, uh, as you read in um, the Gospels, He says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And then it's in John 14, 6. Uh, The road to heaven is, you heard, paved with many good intentions. Now, every road leads to heaven. I'll say it again. 
Every road leads to heaven. Now, this is no Billy Graham preaching, modern-day Billy Graham at least, where he says that all people will be saved. That's not what I'm saying. The great white throne judgment is still in heaven. Everybody acknowledge that. Am I right? So when you read in Revelations at the end of the chapter, at the end of the book, there is uh, what is called a great white throne judgment where all unbelievers will meet God face to face. And he will go over their lives and he'll show them when they uh, went to church, when they didn't, when they did bad, when they didn't do bad, when they did good, and when they didn't do good. He's going to show them every defiled part, every great part, every tear. But he's going to show them most of all, it was when they rejected Jesus. And <laughs> they're going to be uh, some tears. And this time, you notice in the Great White Throne Judgment, there's no wiping away of tears. People have chosen throughout history not to serve God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the God who is named Jesus. And the Bible says in First John that if you have the Father, uh, if you reject the Father, you don't have Jesus, and if you reject Jesus, you don't have the Father. So there are many ways to get to heaven. There are many ways to get to heaven. You're just not going to get there because you uh, believe that uh, you are uh, going to come back as a mosquito. You're not going to believe. You're not going to get there because you believe that you have 72 virgin wives. You're not going to get there because you believe that the grace of God is so sufficient that he can forgive everything, including your your adulteries and your fornications. So every road will lead to God, but only one road will lead to salvation. And I just read it. It is in John 14, 6. Jesus says, he says, I, I, that means God, Jesus himself is the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father but through me. Now, let's, let's zero in on the ransom. Let, let's zero in on what Jesus did on the cross for us. Let's look at the mission. Now, the Bible says that Jesus came down here with a mission. He set his face flint towards the cross, meaning his objective was to die on the cross. So remember when he told his disciples, they what? They rejected. They objected. Remember, he had to tell Peter, away from me, Satan, get behind me. Get, you don't know the things of God. The things of God is far from you. You're, you. You don't even know, Peter. Get back. And uh, now, you know, the disciples couldn't pay a ransom from one disciple, couldn't pay a ransom for the other disciple. But at that time, you know, if the disciples were confused, then Satan and his kingdom had to be confused. Satan's kingdom had to be confused because the disciples had to had the word of God. They had they had the, I mean, at least they could sit in the temple and they can hear the word of God. They knew the scriptures. Even the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes, they all knew the scriptures, but they did not understand it fully. So people say, well, did, did Satan know? 
God's plan. I think that Satan knew that there would be a Messiah. And the reason why I believe that is because of the way uh, Moses was slaughtered. Well, Moses, excuse me, the kids, when Moses was a baby, remember his mother had to hide Moses uh, away. Uh, And uh, Pharaoh's armies came to slaughter all the babies. And remember when Jesus was born before that same thing happened with the Messiah. They wanted to try to eradicate whoever could possibly be the Messiah because evidently they knew what time it was. Now, remember when Jesus said to the Pharisees, he said, you can discern the signs of the, in the air, in the sky. You can see the clouds. They look a little puffy. They look a little pink. But you can't understand what time it is. And had you read your scriptures, you would have known you searched the scriptures. And indeed, they talk about me because salvation is of the Jew. And salvation has come by the Jew, which is me. I have come through my bloodline, through God, through the bloodline, and now I am here, the Messiah. And somehow know that they knew exactly when the Messiah is supposed to come, because remember the the wise men uh, asked for favor, and uh, they sort of uh, messed up their tracks, so uh, Herod couldn't find them. But they found the baby Jesus. He says, when you find the baby Jesus, let me know. No, we're not going to let you know when we find the baby Jesus. Why would we do that for? And they didn't. So he never found them. And then when this person grew up and uh, he says, who does, who does man say that I am? Some say you're the prophet. Some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're uh, one of the, you know, Elijah. He says, who, who do you say that I am? You, you, you're Christ. You're the Messiah. You're the anointed one. You're the one supposed to come. So let's get to the point of the cross. So when he told them that he was going to go to the cross, they kind of rejected it. They kind of knew it. Uh, he told the Peter that you before the cross crows, you will deny me three times. And that happened. He went to the cross. He died on the cross. He said, it is finished. So what did he mean by it is finished? <coughs> We're all sinners. Sin is like, to me, a disease. And Jesus paid the price of that healing of that disease, which is sin. Now, is there small traces in each human being still at the salvation? Yes. We will receive a perfect body, hopefully soon. A new body. We should all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. We're going to get a new body, folks. And then there will be no sin. But Jesus paid the price because he was perfect. He did not sin. Because remember, the Bible says if you sin in one offense, you sin in all. So for a, per- a good person to walk around earth thinking that they have no sin, what did it say in First John 1, 9, 1, 8? It says if a man thinks he has no sin, he makes God a liar, and the truth is not in him. So Jesus paid the price. 
because he was able to forgive sins. Remember, he's walking around and he says, he says to the one individual when they tore a hole in the roof and put lowered him down. He says, "What is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or get up and walk? But for your for your uh, enjoyment, get up and walk. For your sins have been forgiven you." So Jesus was able to pay the price. Even before the cross, he was able to forgive someone of sins. Who can forgive anybody of sins but God? That's what they say. Well, God can, which is Jesus. God walks among you. Remember his name, Emmanuel, God who's among, among you? He's walking among us. Even the Old Testament told us that that would happen. But let's get to the point. You got these teenagers these days always got to be around their friends. Ask your teenager, who's going to pay a ransom for you? So what are you talking about, mom? You know, I I, I got to go. I got to go play this next video game. Well, who's going to pay a ransom for your soul? Because they already been to church. I know you already took them to church. They already know the gospel story. Ask them, could they friend pay for a ransom for their soul? I got some scriptures here. It says in uh, Psalms 49, 7, no one can redeem life of another or give to God a ransom for them. So in other words, your friends can't pay your ransom. Your husband can't pay your ransom. Your grandparents can't pay your ransom. You can't go off your grandparents taking you to church 20 years ago saying, man, my grandparents used to be Christians, or they still is, I think. Well, So you're qualified to go to to, to pay your own ransom now. Okay, great. Where's your passport? Because you're not getting passed. Go. Let's read that scripture again. Psalms 49.7. No one can redeem the life of another or give to God a ransom for them. And this is involving God. We're not saying a ransom when they come and pay your bail when you go to jail for drinking and driving. This is your third offense and you're in jail and you got to pay a $20,000 bond. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about, by the way, the bond is so you won't escape because they know you're going to have to pay it. Ransom. I don't have two hands. I don't have a free hand or else I'll look up ransom, the word ransom. But you know what ransom is, the go-between. Now, Jesus, it says in 1 Timothy 2.6, Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. This has now been witnessed to at all proper times. Okay. Um, Jesus provided that ransom folks on the cross when he said it is finished the only reason why he went to hell don't begin believe these false prophets when they tell you he went to hell to fight in a, in a you know they had a boxing ring when he's fighting the devil it was like a rocky boxing match and the music come on dun 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 and he knocks the devil out and you know you know and adrian and all of this other stuff don't believe that don't believe the hype Jesus, when he said it was finished on the cross, paid our penalties. Now, <clears throat> here's something to think about. We don't know what happened on that cross. Because remember, the darkness overcome, overcame, and it was as if God was t- turning his back on uh, the Savior, uh, Jesus. We don't know what happened supernaturally on that cross. 
We don't know. We have no idea. And we'll never know until we get to heaven. But I know one thing. I'm going to be resurrected with a new life, a new body. And I'm going to see Jesus face to face. And that might be soon, folks. Sooner than y'all think. The church is dead. The church is asleep. The church has no idea. We need to wake them up, folks. Those who are listening to this program, I thank you so much for coming by. Uh, I, I really love love you for uh, listening to the show. Our numbers are up tremendously, but uh, I, I, I have two little kids throughout the day. Every day almost, we just came from a vacation. Um, I wouldn't call it a vacation because, I, I mean, for my wife, it's a vacation. Uh, I just came back from uh, California, and we went to a family in down there, and I enjoyed myself. I really did enjoy myself. But at, at that time, I was thinking about the family union that we're going to have pretty soon. But I was thinking about uh, some of the things that were said at this family union, and they pointed out about, you know, love and not come, you know, not it's not a time to bicker. It's not a time to have strife. It's not a time to to talk about one another. Uh, and and even today, uh, we live in a, in a time where we get on Facebook and we, and we want to talk about each other and we want to dog each other out. We get on YouTube and, you know, I'm a smarter Christian than you are and you're stupid because you're post and I'm pre or I'm pre in your post, you know, and it seems like they're talking over Cheerios or cereal. But uh, that's the, I mean, and people get so involved in believing. And I'm a preacher myself. So I, I look at it, my own, I look at it positive. I look at it from my angle that people want to stay in the tribulation period so bad that they'll fight you for it if they get you in a room. I would hate to see a bunch of post mid, the same people that's in these Facebook chat rooms or these Facebook call, uh, posts be in the same room together. They might fight, folks. And uh, what did he say in James? He said, you bicker and you fight and you fuss because you you ask, you, 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 you fuss among yourself because you ask not. Why don't you just sit down and ask, what's right, pre or post, mid, what? What makes God tell me, reveal it to me. And if you don't want to reveal it to me, that's fine because I'm not going to go and, and fuss off of it. Do, I mean, why would I want to fuss and, and say that somebody's going to be in the tribulation period. Why would I want to fuss for that issue? Or why would I want to fuss? At some, why would I want to fuss with somebody when I know I'm right? I rarely, rarely fuss with anybody. I mean, am I saying I'm right arrogantly? No. I'm saying I know I, I, I know I know what the Bible teaches. People accuse pre-tribbers of not reading their Bible, and they're the only ones to give scripture. Mid-tribbers rarely give scripture, and post-tribbers never give scripture. Now, do I say they never give it? No, then I'll be exaggerated, so I take that back. They do give scripture, but the scripture is so vague. The only way I can see God saving all three is for God to put that there for a reason, and I still haven't figured it out yet. In, in other words, let me explain he let there be four, three, sometimes four <coughs> views about the rapture. 
And everybody who has those views are still saved. Or one of the views is correct and the rest will be left behind. What am I leaning more towards? I think I'm leaning more towards the the earlier. I'm leaning more towards post, pre, pre, mid, will all be born again. They're all born again. They're going to be raptured, depending on your relationship with Jesus Christ. And I do believe that some of the people who are post-trib and mid-trib will be very surprised. I thought you said you were done. No, I'm telling you from my standpoint, from my view. What does this have to do with the the lesson today? Um, I'll tell you in a minute. But I do know this. We all will stand in front of God to give an account. And all roads do lead to God. Just one of them only lead to heaven. Because you're going to stand in front of God to give an account. And all of those roads are going to lead to hell. Because the, the Hades will be thrown into the lake of fire. Um, this is something I want you all to think about. When you go to Walmart, and if you're a positive person, just bear with me. Because I'm a positive person myself. I hate to use that word positive. But when you go to Walmart... Look, look, look amongst yourself. Look amongst everybody. When you're done there Sunday morning, when you go to church, look at everybody. If you're in school or college on Monday morning, look at everybody. If you if you're working, look at everybody. Or whenever time you get around a whole bunch of people, and notice one thing: in a hundred years, everybody in there will be dead. And to make it more sufficient, a hundred and ten years. And to tell you that riches, the riches that we want so dearly, the riches that we wish we had, they had a, somebody had posted a Will Smith. Will Smith had said a a quote. He says, most of us spend most of the time wanting something we cannot have. I mean, I'm going to find, see if I can find that one for y'all. But it is pretty deep. And I, I really did like it. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, go down to the stores, go down to your work, go down to your play, uh, golf course, wherever, and everybody you see will be dead within 110 years. And 110 years, folks, is not that long. I mean, if you think about it, World War One was just fought. World War Two was just fought. <clears throat> I have a mom. She's 74 years old, and she's still kicking it. But a lot of us won't make it that far. So the reason why I say this is that now I'm going to even make the pot dirtier or the the pot more bitter. I believe, this is my belief, in less than 10 years, everybody will be at their final destination. That's what I should have named this program anyway, Final Destination. Folks, I believe we're headed for the tribulation period. And everybody that you see at the same Walmart, at the same school, at the same place of your vocation will be in heaven or in hell in in less than 10 years. It's a great possibility, folks that we are living in in the last days. 
And you ask yourself a question. Can I pay for my own salvation? Could I pay for my own salvation? Or am I going to go after the treasures of this life? Or am I going to go after the, the next career? Am I going to go after my next girlfriend or boyfriend or husband? Am I going to try to win the state lottery? Am I going to try to save all the money and hoard it for myself? What are you going to do with your life? What Are you, are you going to go to your, your boyfriend and ask him to pay a ransom for your sins? Are you going to go to your sister who you talk to on the phone to instead of going to God in prayer? Can she pay or he can he pay? Can your can your uncles and your aunts or your I mean, could the president of the United States, all you Obama lovers, could 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 he pay a ransom for your soul? Could alcohol, could drugs, could marijuana, can all these things pay a ransom for your soul? Could the golf course pay a ransom for your soul? You notice when people get hungry, what we do, we eat, right? What about when we get trouble, when there's a tragedy? Do we go to the refrigerator or do we go to Jesus? Could the food pay a ransom for your soul? Well, the food that Americans like these days will kill them or kill us. Yeah, it's going to kill your souls. It's not going to pay a ransom for it. It'll kill you. Unless you're not eat, unless you're eating healthy, it'll buy you time so you can get a true ransom for your soul, which is Jesus Christ. Folks, true salvation is true dedication. I'll say that again: true salvation is true dedication. Salvation is when you would die for Christ. Now, salvation is when you spend your time thinking about Christ. Salvation is when you want to see him face to face. And for those who don't care about the rapture, they have to still maintain these traits. So are there going to be people who are not looking for the rapture, who will be raptured? Or are there going to be people who are not looking for the rapture, who will get a special reward? Yeah, because there are churches who don't teach revelation, don't teach end time prophecy, which I think it is. It is very unhealthy not to do this. It's like having a football team or a basketball team and not telling them when the game is going to be. Oh, surprise, do you get blown out 55 to nothing? Heck, some people who know when the game is going to be get blown out 55 to nothing. And if you don't believe me, watch the last uh, 30 years of the Super Bowl. You'll see a lot of blowouts. Folks, we got to be dedicated to Christ. And even when you dedicate it, it's just like a football player. Even when you dedicate it, you get better. You said, are we saved by works? No, I didn't say that. When you're dedicated to Christ, what happens? You want to get to know him. You want to get to be more like him. You want to have the same affections that he has. What did it say in Colossians chapter 3? Don't seek those things on earth. Have the, have the affections of the things in heaven. Well, I can't be a doctor or a lawyer. I can't be a football player. Look, Well, look at Tim Tebow. You tell me you can't be a doctor or a lawyer or, or a football player. They're great physicians who 
matter of fact, the kid, the person who who gave my gave birth to my my daughter, the doctor, he's a Christian. Matter of fact, he he has he works in the daycare, and he's the daycare for my my son. So it's awesome to have him picking up my son, but pretty soon, if the Lord wills and the time tarries, he's going to be picking up my daughter, which the one he gave birth to, the one that he helped deliver. So doctors can be Christians. I got a Houston, I got a problem here. My computer is not even plugged in. Hold on. So I'm going to keep talking. I'm going to find my cord and plug it in. I'm glad I looked over there. But folks, you know what scares me most is is the, the the church that is asleep at the switch right now. Oh, you need to be broken because you you're talking about your family. You're talking sarcastically. I did a radio show uh, a couple of months ago, and I was very sarcastic. And I apologize because I, I I even said I was sarcastic. But you got to get nasty with it sometimes because. <laughs> Being broken will produce being nasty with it. You probably slap the living daylights out of your, your out of your kids after you had you're, you're living with a kid, and, and you're and you're not 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 me personally, but but you had a kid on drugs, and you just get so frustrated and tired till you blow up on them. But you're broken though. You're broken, but you just blow up on the person. You say you need to get your life together. What's wrong with you? You know you're crying and you're throwing things at them. Because you're broken still. You're broken. You're still broken. Being broken is not a lot. It does not say, well, I'm full of so much love that I'm broken that I can't tell somebody the truth. Stand by, y'all. I got to hurry up and get this power cord plugged in. Please stand by. I got all these lights and stuff in this garage. I'm going to start doing videos um, pretty soon, but it ain't going to matter anymore any time because what I'm going to start doing is probably just making a silhouette. I got some artists that can make a silhouette, a couple of pictures just to put on my videos. And I got software that I can intertwine with, uh, you know, news clips, excuse me, and things that I can show. Which will make a good video. So I'm not so so inclined to get on camera anymore as I used to be. But uh, Jesus is coming back soon, and His reward is with Him. And he's coming to execute judgment, and a lot of people don't believe that. Um, <clears throat> people believe that life is just going to keep going on and on and on. Well, the Earth is trying to tell us some stuff, man. Uh, these sinkholes that they are having, uh, I, I, it, it, we would never know. I, I, I do believe we'll never know if we are reaching a climax and the earth is fit to uh, dance around like a drunken sailor. We won't know because they wouldn't tell us. Um, I don't think they would tell us. I think they would just let it happen. And, and don't forget that a lot of these... Uh, or government organizations, not just ours, but many of them have earthquake machines and earthquake weapons and, and weather 
um, enhancement uh, technology, and look at the drought that we're having. Uh, and that's not by accident, folks. Uh, now, can I say for 100%, 1,000% that 2012 is going to be um, the year? I don't, I don't, I can't say with a 100% accuracy, but the things that I see now uh, is making me believe uh, that we are on the brink. Now, I want to tell y'all some stuff before I go off the air. Uh, <clears throat> I said this back when Common Eleanor was uh, about around August, around the same time last year, that I stopped believing in Common Eleanor right away. I hoped it would happen because then if this big planet comes in between the Earth and the sun and blocks the, the sunlight, then we can say to everybody, look, look, there it is. There it is. Get saved. Get saved. And then the rapture comes and everybody gets saved and we live happily ever after. But then I started to notice that that doesn't make any sense at all. Because in God's word, he talks about just in the days of Noah. Now, I'm going to get to the Noah um Saga. I call it the Noah Saga and the Lot Saga because uh, there are a lot of things that's going on inside of at least Noah where the common church folk don't even get it, wouldn't even get it. I mean, I'm talking about demons coming down and habitating with women. And some people probably say, well, you're talking about the Nephilim. Ha, 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 ha. That's funny. Well, that's what the Bible says. Now, you can read it and cross your eyes and 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 put some um, you know those glasses they got these new glasses that they got so many holes in it that you can see you can see better or 3D glass you can you can do everything you want to blindfold yourself but it doesn't make it go away uh, but that's not what I'm talking about today I'm talking about uh, in in Luke 21 where God is saying. Uh, Jesus is the speaker. I got to go to Luke 21. <coughs> Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, Luke 21. God, and I got I got a um, what is called a colored Bible. So this very in this Bible right here, I haven't been on Luke 21 as much. It's my clear Bible. I have been there, but I want to read some stuff to y'all. Um, and it says in uh, Luke 21 verse 34, take. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with with surfeiting, with drunkenness, and the cares of this life, so that that day comes upon you unaware. Now, if World War III was going on, why would it take people unaware? It says, for as a, in verse 35, it says, for as a snare shall it come upon all them to dwell upon the face of the earth. And I'm going to tell you all what I believe is going to happen. It says, watch ye therefore and pray always that you be counted worthy to escape all these things that are coming and to stand before the Son of Man. Now, that's pre-trip already. All, all, that's coming at you, straight at you, pre-trip. How, how are you going to stand in front of the Son of Man if you just, some person said on Facebook, what escape means to flee? Well, you're gonna not gonna you're not gonna flee to the Son of Man, not not to stand in front of him. That literally means to stand in front of the Son of God. So the only way you can stand in front of the Son of God is you'd be taken to heaven, right? But that's the story for itself. So it says on verse 35, for as a snare, so it sneaks upon the whole world. Now, 
this is what I want to entitle a show, and I hope nobody don't steal it from me. <laughs> That's just a joke. That's just a joke. Um, the title, uh, a subtitle for the show is The War of Rosh Hashanah or the Russian and Rosh Hashanah invasion. Uh, now, am I saying it's going to happen? A Russian invasion will happen on Rosh Hashanah. I want to try to. I want. I want to look at some things, and I don't have any notes or anything in front of me. But if you read Ezekiel thirty-eight and thirty-nine, it talks about uh, uh, <coughs> Russia coming as a guard to they to those people that they are with, and one of the countries that they're with is Iran. Now, there's a lot of wars and rumors of wars out there that we have to deal with every day as, as watchers and as Bible prophecy buffs and as, as people who are interested in what's going to happen in our in our world. But the thing that gets grabs me is the fact that Russia comes as a guard with Iran. So a lot of the Bible prophecy buffs are looking for a battle between Israel and Iran, but that had never happened. Because what did it just say? Unless the only way it can happen is just for you to put the war of Gog and Magog or the war of Ezekiel 38 and 39 in another portion or another point in the tribulation period. I don't understand how anybody can even put it anywhere close to the tribulation period, or at least inside of the tribulation period. I don't get it. Now I'm gonna, I can be arrogant on this one, because the Bible gives you little hints. Uh, it gives you little hints, and it tells you that it takes seven years. That means seven exact years. You show, you show me any time in the Bible where it says seven years and it didn't mean seven years. Now, I'm pretty sure you can probably finally find me one example of where it says a time period, but it, it, he cut it short. But that's not what we're talking about here because tribulation, some people say, well, the, well, the tribulation period is only going to be three and a half years. It never says seven years. Okay, uh, that's that's just another fight. That's just another argument. Am I always right? I don't own the patents on Bible prophecy, and I never will. But uh, <clears throat> the Bible did say that it took seven months to bury the dead. So we know it, it will not overlap into the tribulation period, I mean, to the millennium, because I don't think we're going to have any dead bodies sitting around. So it can't be Armageddon. I'm looking for where it says. It says it's somewhere. Now, this is the perfect time to have a chat room open. But I don't have a chat room open. But uh, I have my... Uh, okay, here it is. It says in ver uh, Ezekiel 39, verse 9, And they that dwelt in the cities of Israel shall go forth and shall set on fire and burn the weapons, both the shields and the bucklers and the bows and the arrows and the hands, the sheaves and the spears, and they shall burn them with fire seven years. That's exactly seven years. Now, it sounds like to me that this can go on along with 
Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. And he had one week and he signed a covenant with many for one week, which is seven years. It is on the outside of the tribulation period. It is setting the course for the Antichrist to be revealed. So that's not the point I want to make, though. The point I want to make that if the intel that we're getting says that Israel will go it alone because that's what they're going to evidently do because they're going to, this is what's going to happen, folks. I think in the next couple of days, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to see Damascus go down. And, and, and it says Damascus is uh, no longer a city. It should be a ruinous heap. So if it's a ruinous heap, then that's telling us in common sense um, that if it's a ruinous heap, then that means that it was destroyed by man's technology, which was probably an atom bomb or something like that, or a neutron bomb. Okay, so if Israel did it, then the United States is probably going to turn its back on them. Right? So Russia is going to assume that Israel is going to have to go it alone. But Israel is going to go all along before the election of 2012, the American election, the United States election of Barack Hussein Obama and um, uh, Mitt Sabertooth Tiger Romney. Um, the reason why I say Sabertooth Tiger is he's going to do the same thing that Obama did, but worse. These presidents get worse every year. So he's probably gonna be he's probably gonna be like Bush, uh, Obama's Bush on steroids, uh, and Bush was Clinton on steroids. Uh, Mitt Romney's probably gonna be Obama on steroids, but I don't think I don't, I would never think Mitt Romney would get worse than Obama unless they find another way to do it, because Obama's a socialist, and he's working he's technically a communist. Uh, but uh, hopefully, I, hopefully, uh, I really don't give a darn. I hope we out of here by the end. But let me get back to what I was saying. Hopefully, I'm mixing y'all up. Um, if the target to attack Iran is before the presidential election, then Russia is going to do one thing. They're going to beat Israel to the punch. And they're going to go in to attack Israel before Israel can attack them or attack Iran. Now, if Damascus is taken out, that will be one of the hooks and the jaws of the Russian uh, commander or the Russian president. Now, Gog is a spirit and Magog is a place. But the leader will be indwelt, or not indwelt, but uh, induced by the spirit, which we still call him Gog. So who is Gog? It looks it looks like it could be Vladimir Putin, but who knows? But if it happens this year, you know it's Vladimir Putin, right? I mean, come on. But the Gog is actually a spirit. It's not actually. It's actually a demon. It's actually an influence. So um, <clears throat> enough said about that. So if this happens this year, then the, the course is set for an Islamic invasion 
of Israel. And it says that in Ezekiel 38, it says that they're dwelling safely in that rest. It never said that they were dwelling safe, peacefully and safely. And people like to put that stuff in there, but it's, it does not, it's not supposed to be in there. It's just throwing it in there. It never said that they were peacefully and, and, and at rest I mean, and, and dwelling safely. It just said that they were dwelling safely and at rest. So that means they just kick somebody's tail. Now, Psalm 83 could have taken place right after um, Isaiah 17. So Psalm 83 is a, is, a, is a list of nations that are uh, boarding Israel. So that war could have took place after or during the same time as Isaiah 17. We don't know. We will never know. But that would eliminate Egypt from the flow. It 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 eliminate uh, Syria from the flow. It eliminate Lebanon and Hezbollah and Hamas. And that's exactly what uh, the leaders of uh, Israel is saying. Well, uh, it says, decision by Netanyahu Barak to strike Iran is almost final. And this is coming off of Israel TV. It says, um, Prime Minister's Iran's, <coughs> excuse me, Prime Minister believe Iran's regime is aiming to destroy the Jewish people. Does not think Obama will resort to force. So that means that they're going to be backed into a corner and they're going to have to retaliate before the election. It says nuclear drive further ahead. That means that Iran is nuclear drive is keep is going, it's excelling. Uh, Prime Minister Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and Defense Minister Ed Hugh Barak has almost final decision on Iran strike. Uh and they're trying to still convince their naysayers. I don't think that's the case. I, I think that they already can see you gotta re- remember that before the war uh, in the trenches, there's a war of information. And there's misinformation and disinformation. You're not going to always give the, the right information out. Uh, I remember we was in Iraq. We were waiting for the war to start in 2003. And the generals couldn't give us any specific information. They just said they're batting down the hatches because we're going to go to war. But they couldn't give us any intel when and how and where when we can put two and two together. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Benjamin Netanyahu has no choice but to go it alone. And the Bible says that that's going to happen. The Bible doesn't talk about the United States, unfortunately. And people got the United States, you know, in, you know, the United States has to fall back before the year. The not I wouldn't say European Union before the Mediterranean Union comes to power or a new union, folks. It's not going to be the European Union. Uh, I hate to bust your bubble, but the the Antichrist kingdom, the first kingdom, initial kingdom, when he's the seventh king. Now, if you read Revelation chapter seventeen, it talks about five are fallen, one is, and one is to come. But when he comes. He should come for a little while, and then he should become of the eighth. Now, remember, the Antichrist is ruling the world the first three and a half years of the tribulation period, for those who believe there's a seven-year tribulation period. 
And when he's ruling the world, or he's he's trying to rule the world, the Bible says in uh, Re- Revelation chapter 6, he comes to conquer and to conquer. He's conquering and to conquer. That means he's coming, and his main chief objective is to conquer the new world order. That's his main objective. He knows what the new world order is when he comes. So uh, even Dan Quayle knew what the new world order was. Come on, you guys. <laughs> I'm just joking. But, uh, yeah. His main objective is to conquer. So if his main objective is to conquer, uh, not just not just war. I mean, even the Bible says that he's the, he 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 worships the God of forces, but he's going to conquer the financial, the religious, the social. He's going to track try to track everybody. And I want to also entitle a show. Uh, Satan's Satan wants to be omnipresent, omnipotent, and omnipotent. And let's talk about that right quick. Omnipotent means all-powerful. He wants to be all-powerful. So he wants to have his cake and eat it too. He wants to run the whole world. The Bible says in Revelations that no man will buy or sell unless he had the mark. And it says all men who had the mark will worship him. Uh, So it says every kindish tongue nation will worship the Antichrist whose name's not written in the book of life. So he wants to be all-powerful. So there you go. How about all-present? We know that there are technologies out there that is allowing uh, the uh, organizations and companies to spy on us. And we know that even if some of our appliances have cameras in it. And we know that when you drive outside your house, everywhere you go, they're cameras set up. They're cameras, folks. They're watching us, everything. They even got on this radio program. I mentioned uh, Obama a couple of uh, minutes ago. And trust me, every time I mention him, if there's any keywords with it, they, they, they've got it in it. They've got it. <coughs> and if it's going through Skype, they definitely have it. Anything that has to do with Google, anything that has to do with Yahoo. The organizations have already sold out to the new world order. Uh, all-knowing. Yeah, that goes along with uh, with all, omnipotent. Uh, 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 excuse me. Uh, uh, all-knowing uh, goes along with the um, uh, so omnipresent, omnipotent, omnipotent. So he wants to be all-knowing. So if you're going to be omnipresent, you're going to be all-knowing. So if you're going to be everywhere every time, he's going to get a dossier on every individual person. He's going to know everything about you, where you went, when you last shopped, what you last done, what what is your habits. And folks, that technology is already here. That's not even technology. That's just databases. They know what you like before you even know. You, you they, they know more than you know about your own self. So, yeah, Satan is a copycat Christ. And once again, I ask you: Will you sell your soul for 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 a, a, a bowl of soup? Christians are not going to be here. The church is not going to be here, regardless of what you guys say. Yeah, and pretty soon I'm going to claim the patent on it. You say, "Well, what do you mean?" Well, I believe that Jesus Christ uh, will take His people out. And if you think about the bride of Christ, letting your bride go through 
for Triple H Perry, that's not cool. And I don't think God is going to do that anyway. So nothing, nothing against God. I'm not saying anything bad against God. I'm just saying I don't, I don't, I don't think that's that's on God's agenda. The Lord Jesus Christ, God the Father, would not let him take his bride through. He says, in my Father's house there are many mansions. If it was not so, I wouldn't have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go again to prepare a place for you, I'll, I'll come again and receive you unto myself. That's the destination. The destination is not the tribulation period. I get tired of y'all wanting to be in the tribulation period. What if he? What? What if he does? So what if you wake up one morning and the church is gone? Are you? Would you be crying or would you be satisfied that you're in the tribulation period? Would you say, oh, "Yes, I can't wait to see the Antichrist," or would you? Would you cry? I would. If my main objective was to convince Christians that there was no rapture, that there's no hope, that there was no, I couldn't get out. I couldn't get out of this mess. Now, remember, Jesus paid the price. Not your friends, not your cousins, not your relatives, not the government. Jesus. Jesus paid the price. The Sinai buildup. There's a buildup. There's a war. There's 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 military buildup on the Egyptian border as well. When you know, and a lot of y'all know that. That's just slow for me to say it. But yeah, they're fighting over there. Egyptian troops and Sinai. Sinai. They fighting their own people. Israel don't want it to spill over into their own land. Muslim Brotherhood. My foot. Muslim Brotherhood is what. I mean, I want to find that radio show for y'all. I did a radio show like a year ago, and I told y'all, even be, actually I did a, a radio show back in 2008 before the uprising for any of this stuff ever took place. And I said, the Antichrist will rise through civil war. The Antichrist will rise through civil war. That's exactly what I said. And I've always believed that. But if you listen to the Mahdi, you listen to the Islamic thoughts on who this individual is going to be, he's supposed to come out of a hole. He's supposed to come out of some type of a well. I guarantee you this, it's going to be nice and pretty when he comes, but trust me, he's going to have been in the well. You watching Batman? You see Batman? Any y'all see Batman? I, I, I promise after this, after this movie, I'm not going to see any more violent movies. It wasn't that bad, though. But I had to go see Batman because of a few reasons. And one of the reasons I wasn't seeing Batman is because I wanted to go see it. I wanted to go see what the fuss was about. <coughs> and um, at one point, and I'm sorry for y'all who are going to go see it, but at one point he was stuck in a well. He was stuck underground. And the only way he can get out is come up through a well. And I'm like, okay, so could that have any relevance, relevance to the Antichrist? Could the Antichrist be stuck in a well? Uh, it's funny how uh, the Antichrist resembles, uh, I'm sorry, what am I talking about? How Batman, Bruce Wayne, resembles uh, Howard Hughes. It's almost amazing how on this Batman, this Batman episode, Howard Hughes, he looked kind of like Howard Hughes at the time. He had his hair growing all along. The other thing is his nails were growing. And Batman was out of the scene because of some things that happened. And about and then once Batman he decided to come back and get his you know take take on the the uh, 
the villain Bane. That's his name, Bane. Uh, Bane was the understreet under, under warlord. He had his prison un, under the ground, under the sewage. And it was like, man, nobody gets out of there. Well, anyway, Bane was out doing his dirty work, and Batman decided he wanted to get, uh, Bruce Wayne decided he wanted to climb out of this uh, this uh, hole. And what happens is he tied this thing around his chest, and he'll climb up the hole, and he's chanting. You know, they're making this chant. And he's almost off the hole, and then he makes this jump. And he misses the jump, and he comes down, and he, the, the rope, you know, snaps, and he comes, and he hits the wall, boom, 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 hurts himself, and then he starts to does it again the next day, and it doesn't work. So one of the guys say, take off the rope. He says, you know, bring on the fear. Because first, he said, the rope causes you not to have enough fear. So when a man has fear... He has life, but the Bible speaks the whole entire opposite, doesn't it? It says the fearful would not inherit the kingdom of God. The fearful would not inherit the kingdom of God. You know, I'm afraid of what my friend's going to say if I do go and I serve God. But that had no that make no 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 sense of what I was just talking about, does it? Well, let me, let me bring that one home. Uh, the Antichrist. The Bible says that the Antichrist will um, will come from a few people. Now, I, I I believe that the Antichrist, when the Bible calls him the Assyrian and and and, and Isaiah and, and and Micah, I think it's Micah, he calls him the Assyrian, or Malachi, one of those one of those two M books, small books. Uh, he calls him the Assyrian. Uh, I do believe the Bible is expressing the fact that he comes from Syria. I believe the next leader, or shortly after Assad is is killed, the Antichrist will rise. Now, I was listening to Rusty Charperly, and he was talking about the different um, the different people that the, the West has put in. And after they eliminate one leader, like the Alatollah, um, they put in somebody else. And then after they put in, uh, you know, somebody else, they put in somebody else back in power. And they just run this game for a while. Um, the Shaw, remember the Shaw, and the in the in the West kind of betrayed the Shaw, and they put in the they 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 put in these people uh, as leaders, uh, Saddam Hussein, and well they're gonna put in uh, and just currently they put in uh, the dude from Afghanistan. Um, and then they also, uh, uh, I think Iraq, Iraq elected uh, a leader to put in the power. But one of these days, uh, I do believe that this is just a guess. The Syria will return back to a monarchical state. They will try to mimic Jordan. And the Bible says the prince that shall come, a king shall arise, heaven um being skilled in entry, having understanding dark sentences, the king of fierce features, and trust me, he's gonna he's gonna ransom for your soul. He has he has a price for your soul is to take his mark. And so the 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 objection is to sell 
your soul to the devil. And the title of the show uh, is Will My Friends Pay the Ransom for My Soul? So the Antichrist is going to pose as your friend. Just like the music industry poses as these uh, singers and entertainers friends and it ends up killing them. From yesterday, remember the 27 group, Jimi Hendrix, uh, the dude from the doors, uh, what's the lady name? Uh, that's why I wish I had a chat room. Uh, what's her name with the really squeaky voice? She died at 27. All these people died at 20, uh, 27. James Morrison, that was the guy's name from the doors, I think. These people died at 27. And another coincidence is a lot of these people die um, at, on the 25th of the month. A lot of people die. Easy e was the only one who ma- didn't make it. I think he died on the 24th or the 26th. They just kind of ticked off that he died. <laughs> he would die on the 25th for them. I mean, these people are satanic worshipers, folks. And a lot of us believe that uh, the Olympic Games was going to be a time when they were going to set off bombs and to open up the New World Order. But that wasn't the case so far. we got a day left. Let's hope this don't happen, though. That's not the objective. The objective is not to be right. The objective is to help people live. Um so I'm not going to sit up here. I'm not going to sit up here trying to hope that a bomb go off to prove that I'm right. We're not prophets. I'm not a prophet. If I was a prophet, then I could have showed you what year, you know, this stuff is going to go down. No man knows the day and hour. I say what year this stuff is going to go down. I ain't say nothing about no one. No man knows the day and hour of, of Christ's return. I, um, we don't. Speaking of day and hour of Christ's return, Rosh Hashanah is still on my calendar. I know I tick a lot of people off when I say this. But um, somebody's looking for a major earthquake. One of the uh, scientists, his name is Ian Stewart. He, uh, earthquakes near a major city with death tolls unprecedented in human history in a matter of time. We just came from the family union in Los Angeles. And I was I mean, I don't. I pray that there won't be an earthquake there because I got relatives down there. Um, but it says um, it's only a matter of time before a huge earthquake uh, strikes a major city as a result of death toll unprecedented. Well-known Scottish scientist Iron Stewart delivered this grim prediction yesterday in Brisbane's Brisbane's. I don't know how to pronounce that during an address to a global geological uh, conference. Professor Stewart, a geologist and an academic who has gained fame for multiple BBC television series of the planet, said the risk of the disaster has grown because of the growing number of modern cities that are built on a uh, major fault. Now, we know doggone well that uh, San Francisco and Los Angeles and <coughs> Sacramento are all built on faults. We don't need him to tell us this. But uh, for him to say this, it just strengthens the idea because he understands that the uh, the all the they understand what's going on underneath the earth. They got they got highly sophisticated instruments now that can go up under the earth and uh, tell you what's shifting and what's moving. 
and it can tell you what magmas, uh, what types of, uh, you know, how the softness, the texture, the shifting, the all this stuff. They got computers. They got computers that go deep, deep in the earth. So they know something's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. The Bible says that there should be earthquakes in diverse places. It also talks about pestilence. I noticed that they're talking about a lot of, uh, now they're starting to bring the cow, uh, the, 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 the what they call that, the flesh-eating virus down in um, in Africa, uh, where the, the president uh, told everybody not to have contact with each other for a couple of days. Um, Gerald Salente talked about the EU collapse in 90 days, and uh, uh, I don't. I, and it has specifically started to collapse, uh, and that's how you know that we are uh, we're there, because um, we have we have sort of you sort of like uh, look at when it's going to rain. You look at the weather. You see. That the weather, the, the sky looks pink, so I like what Jesus was talking about. And you see that the storm is coming. You see a big mother cloud off in the distance, and you see a thunder and lightning. But where you at is kind of sunny a little bit. But you sort of know what's going to happen. Um, uh, well, a lot of these things that we're seeing, like the economy, the war, the military buildup, uh, the the society gone mad. Um, all of this stuff, you, you kind of know that there's going to be some things that are happening in the near future, if not this year, definitely next year or the next. And like I tell people around me, I tell people around me that two years go by real fast. I do. And um, if people don't listen to you, and definitely family members, it's not because you're not broken. It's not because of all that. Maybe you need to pray for them a lot more. Uh, I had this one individual say, well, it's cause, probably because you're not broken. I, I mean, heck, how broken do you have to do? See, I don't. I, I look at it this way. I believe that a bishop should have be able to control his own house. I'm not a bishop. But I think a Christian man should be able to control his own house. But in, in this day and age, folks, to be honest, uh, you have to have control over your house, uh, and you have to almost teach your kids in their faith. You can't assume that the television is going to teach them or the radio is going to teach them or some other parent down the street is going to teach them. You can't teach these kids right from wrong. I swear, I got two little babies upstairs who fight and kick each other's tail. And I don't touch my wife. I love my wife. I kiss on my wife in front of them. Where did they find this out at? I mean, it's not like they watch um, Ren and Skimpy and then they figure out how to beat each other up. I mean, we don't barely let them watch any shows where there's violence like that. So my little daughter would get a toy and my son wanted to just kick her tail. And my daughter has these long nails. She's only two. And she'd just reach out, just scratch him. And just, you know how George Foreman just keeps going once he get a good blow in? Well, she'll scratch him one time. And before we can get over there, she didn't scratch him about three or four times. And and I'm I'm doing like this, man. I'm saying to myself, you know, God, 
I can't call myself a bad parent, but I don't know where she learns this from. I don't know where he learns this from. And and they're brothers and sisters. They 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 do things like that. Now there's other brothers and sisters who love each other. Now let me start spanking the little girl and see my son throw a fit. Or let me start spanking the little boy and see my daughter throw a fit. I mean it's it's almost as like if they have their own law already. And and people say, well, you have a how are you going to get on the radio when you can't control your family? Yeah, I that's the same question too, but I still do it because I don't want to stand in front of God and say, well, you shouldn't have hid your treasures. I mean, because your family was going berserk. In that case, David has to sit down. I mean, I got an older, I got older kids. I'm not going to bring too much stuff up, but I got stuff, I got stuff going on. But you know, it's not the baddest family in the world, but at the same time I wonder the devils we need more prayer for our family. We need to pray, we need to sit down, and we need to talk to our kids. We can't just let them go and stay out on the town all day long from the age of eleven all the way up to the age of nine seventeen, then wonder what happened. I mean they got they got kids these days stealing I mean I mean stealing from their own parents. Taking things from their own parents, and then we got we got kids, we got kids these days. You know, they go spend all day. I'm talking about my kids. You get go spend all day with their friends, and and I got one kid that's been spending all day. And this our it's our fault. It's our fault. We got kids who go and spend time so much time with their friends, and and their philosophy. Where do you think their philosophy is going to come from? It ain't going to come from the Bible. It ain't going to come from you. It ain't going to come from me. You know where it's coming from? It's coming from the outside. And the devil, he's really slick and he's really cool. Oh, he'll he'll wash your car, but he'll put sugar in your tank. He'll wash your car, all right, but he'll cut that brake line. And it looks so shiny. The car looks so shiny, don't it? The devil don't care nothing about you. He don't care about your family. He don't care about your friends. And the title to this show, once again, is Will My Friends Pay the Ransom for My Soul? No. Now, you're going to tell me. See, see, kids, what they do is they think they, they know everything. They think they know everything. They don't know nothing. They don't know anything. Because I barely, I, I even say to myself, okay, so if I'm, if, if, if I'm confused on certain issues, how in the heck do my kids know what they really don't know? Because they live in an illusion. They live in a fantasy world. They live in a dream world. But see, when this tribulation period hit, I hope they wake up. Because there's going to be a barter for their soul. You either choose me, the Antichrist, and live, or you choose to die. That's exactly what's going to happen. I'm not being funny. Yeah, I see I am. <laughs> but, I mean, it's the truth, though. You choose me or you die. That's the sum of it. It's not It's not you choose me or you choose the Christian way. It's not going to be that way, folks, because there's going to be people that's not Christians not going to choose the Antichrist. And see, all these kids, they love their friends so much what is their friend going to pay for their soul? What is their parents going to pay for their soul? I tell you what their parents going to pay for their soul if it's if 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 the parents is is Christian, they're not going to pay anything for the soul. But would they deliver the message 
so the kid didn't know where to go to pay a ransom, to get the ransom paid for his soul, rather. You see, Jesus provided that way. Jesus died on the cross. That all our sins were paid for on the cross. That we believe in him. We confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And we live for him daily. Pick up our cross daily. It is no part time. It is not one third. It is not I pay. I work once a week for Christ. I'll go to work once a week. And I'll punch the clock. And uh, and technically, yeah, I I have to pay that cell phone bill so I'll go to I have to go to work. It's no obligation to go to church on Sunday. You should love it. You should be the first one out of bed. Quit acting like doggone God you you owe God God owes you a favor. He already gave you the favor. He got he you you're walking, you're talking, you're breathing. Some people some of these kids they living in this fantasy world. They got this. They got. They got everything they need. They got the cell phone. They got the computer. They got all this stuff. And then, and then they walking around here still upset because their mama won't go get. Oh, put these doggone um, dummy strings on you, mom, so I can control you. You know the dump. You know the little. Uh, what they call the Muppet Show, where the dummies got the wires and it. Oh, okay, I'll come over here. You want me to come over here? Okay, I'll do. I'll take you shopping. Oh, I'll take you here. I don't want you. I don't. I'm not going to be your slave. Well, the God says that we need to not frustrate our kids. You better go somewhere and sit down. How about that? As long as the kid is violating a principle. I don't think God is saying that the kid is violating the principle. He says, spare the rod, spoil the child. And the rod can come in many fashions by just taking something from them. If the kid spends most of the time upset, you can let them be upset. Pray for them. But there's nothing you can do if the kid spends most of their time upset. They try to control your life. Ain't no kid's going to control mine. Poked out, balling up. You better get. You better enjoy life. You better be happy. Life, life is gonna pass you by. Sorry. And see, that's why the Bible says to honor thy mother and father. You know why? Because the, the traits that a good parent or parents would tell their child to do. The traits that a good parent would tell their child to do is the same traits that will help you succeed out there in the real world. Now, when you see those football players, uh, when you see, <coughs> excuse me, when you see those football players, they in the NFL draft and such a such a great kid. Um, he has a four three. 3.4, but he, he helps out. His father says he helps her out around the farm. And he also goes down to the local shelter to help out. I mean, come on. These people are not, the only way they're going to do that is for them to have good upbringing. It's a character issue, folks. What am I, what am I, what if a man thinks that, 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 uh, a woman should be treated right, then that's a good character issue. It's a good character issue. It's to steal from your parents. Yeah, I guess by now y'all know somebody stole from me. Yeah. Say, well, you don't have the control of your house, so how can you come on here? I'm going to come on here anyway. I I, I am not going to stop talking to y'all about God because 
some kid thinks that they can they can just take something from you. Say, so do I have to have all Christian kids before I do something? I well, I might as well sit down. I know I can tell y'all right now that that when I stand in front of God to give an account, He's not going to say you cheated on your wife or you did this or that. I mean, but I can tell you this: He's going to say some stuff that I had to battle with. Now, do I got all bad kids? No. But yeah, I I come to the point sometimes, folks, when I say why this why. I've done this before, my even before you know, kids was stolen from me or anything. I've said this before. I've said this way before I even had kids. I said to myself, okay, God said that kids are a reward. You know, blessed is the man who has many kids to a sliver. And I'm like, okay, I understand why he said that. Because if you bring a child up the way they should go, then... Yeah, it's a breath of fresh air to have a kid or have a child that's going to do what you tell it to do or or, or respect you. You don't have to tell it 50,000 times to do one thing or think that they, they owe, you owe them something. I got, three bio, I, thought I got two biologicals and three adopted kids. And I kid you not, those kids uh, believe that America will continue on and and the world will continue on to be their melting pots. I'm going to tell you this. One day, some of these kids are going to wake up on the wrong side of the bed, and they're going to get out of bed and find out America is no longer America. I love my country. I served 12 years in the military. Am I complaining to y'all? Well, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to clean it up in a minute. It angers me when a generation thinks they, they, they're so arrogant. Ezekiel 16 says, it, 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 Ezekiel 16 says, and it talks about the fall of Sodom and Gomorrah. The fall of Sodom and Gomorrah did not come from homosexuality. That was an identifier. It's like if you got a cold, you cough. <laughs> Coughing is the homosexual part. It's, the, it, it's spitting out what it really is, the society. But the pride and the arrogance and to throw your finger at God and to say, oh, uh, I'm okay. I'm doing great. When you're not, you're breaking all the rules. Everything's nasty. Everything's dirty. I've been in the military, and I kid you not, everything that came out of everybody's mouth, imagine being a Christian in the military. Everything was a bad word. Everything was was a nasty joke. Everything was oh, oh I'm just going. You don't get it. Oh, that's right. You're a Christian. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get your. I don't get it. But I never judged anybody. Like judge, judge, judge. Like you're going to hell because you're saying a joke. But I know. I, I I think you know already anyway. Not because I said a nasty joke. No, because your lifestyle. But most of the time, it's arrogance and it's pride. Oh, why do you think people get divorced for self-centeredness? They do. They do nothing to extend help to the poor, and that's all of us. We go on this vacation. We go on the vacation, and then we come back, and then we got extra money. We don't want to give nothing to the poor. We don't want to give nothing to ministries. It's all about us. 
And I like how the whole system, I don't really like it. I'm just being funny. But I like, I like how they, they, they paint divorce as an open option. And they sell it to you as if you're a frog in the water. And they slowly temper it up so they can burn the frog before he can jump out of the water. Oh, oh, abortion is an option. Divorce is an option. The wife taking charge of your household is an option. Belittle your husband. Belittle your wife. You know, when Jesus was at the cross, when he was on the cross, and he says, Woman, this is your son. Son, this is your mother. Well, this time it's like, oh, uh, husband, this is your wife. Divorce her. Wife, this is your husband. Divorce her. Or woman, little girl, 16, 17-year-old just got pregnant. This is your baby on the radar. You want to give it up? Okay. Divorce it. I mean, everything's easy to divorce. Everything's easy to quit. Everything's easy to we just microwave the whole society. The microwave generation. Everything's easy. Oh, I got I got all of this stuff and and I'm still begging my mom and my dad for other things. I'm just always never satisfied. I always gotta flee the flush. I got a kid, man. All only thing he get you <laughs> I mean it's just like never gets enough. You know, they never get enough. And they'll tear something up, and then they'll come back to you. Because I did it when I was a kid. I tear something up, and but I kept my stuff a lot longer. Maybe because of, maybe because of the stuff with technology back there, and the the things were made stronger. But yeah, I destroyed something and came right back to my my parents, thinking they're gonna buy me something else. But see, I I got I got I know people uh, who you buy them a cell phone, or you buy them something, they lose it, and they they up in your face saying, "Oh, you're gonna give me another one." I'm like, dude, look. I'm gonna teach you responsibility. I'm not, re- I'm not fixing nothing. You say that's not the Christian way to do it. Yeah, I, dude, you show me the law book. You, sh- you, you give me all the scriptures where you say I ain't supposed to do this or that. You're not supposed to frustrate your kid. Well, I'm teaching my kid responsibility. Don't break your stuff because you think you're gonna get another one. Oh, I was just throwing it up, playing a little game with my friends, and I cracked my phone. Oh, wonderful. Oh, yeah, do I remember to tell you we have no more insurance on these phones? So whoop-de-doo, have fun. I said, I'm exposing myself on this radio program because I'm sick of all the doggone arrogance. People ain't got to pop the 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 the, 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 the the drink out of or water the window to throw it out of and and, and and people thinking that they supposed to have this or supposed to have that. And you got these poor people all across the world. Do they know that the Bible speaks to famine is coming to this planet? Famine is coming. Disease, earthquakes. I mean, the Bible says that if Jesus did not cut this thing short, no flesh will survive. So if you don't make the rapture it's going to be a lot harder to make. To, to, if you can't serve God now, what makes you think you're going to serve him then? And then they got people walking around here. Oh, I'm a Christian. Well, is, if, you can, if, you can, if, you can, if you can drive all the way to California and not, do, and not mention Christ, 
That's twenty hour drive from Washington State, and I'm just giving y'all just this, just give as an example. And this this is gonna apply to anybody's life. You can drive from Washington State to California, LA, California, Los Angeles, California, and not mention Christ once, and get mad when somebody else mentions Christ. Then you might not be saved. You know those those redneck those redneck. Uh, <laughs> those redneck uh you might be a redneck if you well i can i can come up with some you might not be a christian if you blah 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 am i judging somebody do i need to be broken because i'm telling you the truth that's the problem i'm getting tired of people talking about you need to be broken because that's why your family's not saved my family's not saved because they choose not to be saved now my family might not be saved because i didn't enforce it or, or maybe i didn't you know you're going to have bible study every day I mean, because had I did that, they might not even have a chance in the future. Because they would really hate Christianity then. Yeah, so I might blame myself. Yeah, I do blame myself. But at the point, at some point in our lives, we got to make that decision for Christ, our own selves. Well, tell them the end times is here. Well, I'll tell you what. If God says the fearful would not enter the kingdom of God, what makes you think I'm going to tell them? And I, I, I tell them that they better get ready. I've already told them all this stuff. Doesn't change one iota. And it's not just my kids. It's other kids. I mean, it's other people. But I'm telling you, we live in a society who don't care until it's there, until it, until, until it, until it arrives at their doorstep. But there are people who get riled up because somebody's late for a bill or or you know a, a letter comes and we got to decipher what the letter means and or, or I mean people get roused up for the wrong reason and the reasons that people get roused up is worldly reasons because they don't have faith they don't have faith in Christ they don't believe that Jesus Christ can, uh, I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me, or Jesus is going to uh, care for me and take care of me and supply all my needs. They don't care about that. They don't care if Jesus said, uh, James, James said, don't worry about what you, what can, or Jesus even said, you, what worry, don't worry about tomorrow. What tomorrow, if a crow, if a, if a bird hits the ground, and God knows as many times as a crow, if every crow hits the ground, or how many, he knows how many hairs you got on your head. I don't go around. I'm telling you right now. I'm, this is personal. There ain't nothing nobody can ever say. Well, uh, I saw you drink two beers about a couple of weeks ago. I don't even like beer. Or I saw you watching this program. Or I saw you on the internet. I can tell you right now. There ain't nothing secret that nobody can. What a couple of thoughts. Maybe a few thoughts where I like to I like to grasp hold of those thoughts and bring them before the throne of God. There ain't nothing that people can say to me right now. And I'm not saying they're arrogant. There's just nothing. Would I make a grand entrance in heaven? I don't know. That's what I'm figuring out right now. Now, say, uh, uh, this, this is an angry radio show right here. This is when I'm angry about things. Is it angry about things I can't fix? No, because I can go to God in prayer and fix it, and I can actually talk to people, and hopefully it fixes itself. But this is just in general not about my family. This is about the whole culture. 
about how everybody hold hands and jump into the pit of hell. How everybody just, 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 oh, let's get that new, did you see that new house? Oh, did you see that new car that somebody had? I mean, big deal. We get a new house. What's next? The heartache? Well, I mean, what, what's next? Well, when do we stop feeding the flesh? When we go on our last trip and, I, and somebody dropped dead of a heart attack? When, I mean, when, when does it stop? When we get too old, oh, could you pass me the sassafras? Okay, Ginger, here. I mean, when does it get too? I mean, when you're too old to stop doing it, to stop to 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 just live life peacefully, and you figure it out when you get like seventy-five years old, it ain't worth it. Getting mad because you don't have this or don't have that. Now I'm not lashing out on anybody. My wife is conservative, so that's that's not my point. My point is is that. The Joneses, always trying to keep up with the Joneses. Always trying to keep up with the, the McGregors. Your kids, always trying to tell you what, and I'm not the jealous type, but always trying to tell you what what um, Ray Ray's dad brought him. I mean, my kids don't do that. I'm just making a point. The point is, folks, vanity of vanities. Life is vanity. Well, I would love I would love to taste that some of that vanity though. If you could talk to Marilyn Monroe right about now, if you could talk to Michael Jackson, you could talk to Elvis Presley. Elvis Presley might be in heaven though, but if you could talk to Elvis Presley still, you say, Why what do you mean Elvis Presley might be? Well, just about this last couple of conversations. Tell you when you get saved you don't stop talking about Jesus. But if you can imagine talking to somebody, one of your relatives who passed away, you can start just talk to them. They tell you not to come down here. They tell you this stuff is not worth it. Getting rich is not worth it. I mean, if you can get if you can have a nice conservative house, you know, two car garage. Even if you build a ranch and a farm, and, and you pull and you plant, and you're able to take some trips. That's not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about people who get saturated and, and just thinking that you know God does not exist. But let me do my career. Let, let me go be let me go be a football player or a doctor or lawyer or model, or, or let me go do this or that. And then they don't think twice about God. They don't. They don't give God a second thought. But I, I'm a Christian, though. I'm a Christian. They, you know, they they in college, and you raise your hand, and you're having a debate about Christianity, and uh, you're the Christian, you're the lone gunman in the room, or the three, you know, three Christians in the room, you and you and you're isolated from the real true two Christians who are actually saying something about God, but you're you're being lukewarm, and you have no idea that you're being lukewarm. Because you're not a reality. Well, you're not a reality because this is a mean show. You're not a reality. It's not a reality when you don't put Christ first. It's not a reality when you don't pick up your cross daily. It's not a reality when... Jesus is not your focus. You can have a boyfriend with Jesus your focus. Just don't go to sleep with him. You can have a career with Jesus as your focus. Just listen to what he has to say. You can have a, a nice bank account with Jesus as your focus. 
See, people don't think they can, they can do these things without Jesus. They they with Jesus. They think that Jesus is going to cramp their style. Jesus is not going to cramp your style, folks. He's going to make your he's going to make your your life full of peace because you're going to do the right thing. Even people who practice writing bad checks on that tenth bad check, you're going to feel some conscience, I think. Ain't you tired? And then once you write all those bad checks, you feel bad? And then ask the question, why I feel bad? Well, how about just following the rules and don't write bad checks? Because even conscience bring you peace. Conscience, conscience, the conscience of a human being still brings peace. So regardless of who's out there and thinks the conscience does not bring peace because why are people so sad and want to depress? Look, people need to do the right thing. A lot of times when we're not doing the right thing, I'm talking about for the unsaved, when you're not doing the un- right thing, you're gonna your conscience is trying to tell you something. A lot of times when you're depressed, it's because you, you, you're, 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 you're channeled in on yourself. A lot of times, not all the time. When you're depressed also can mean you're channeling on everybody else, but you're not channeling in on yourself the right way. Maybe you're too negative and you're saying, well, I, I need to, the responsibility of me needs to be much greater. No, it doesn't. Get some of those kids to get off their rump, <laughs> help you out. I know this is a rant show. At first I started off okay. But I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm not getting, I'm, I'm speaking in code somewhat today. Because the society that has no idea that Jesus is going to come back, even if it is two years away, or even if it is two weeks away, or three, four weeks away, or five, actually. I lose a lot of my, my, um, my, uh, audience when I do things like this and I, I'm going to pick a special show to rant and I promise I'll try, I'll try not to rant on every show. I'll try to have a show where I just give the news and that's it. And then I have a show where I actually have guests on. Then I have a show where I can rant and then we have a show where we pray. I would like to have a show when I pr- you know pray for people who need prayer and pray for our nation and 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 your and pray for things that we might need uh according to God's word but uh it it's getting high time the time is coming where men will already uh not endure sound doctrine uh yeah we're already there that's no problem men we already at the point uh, where men would not endure sound doctrine. Now, um, here's an article. I want to see if I can read it. Um, where it talks about they're asking the military, uh, quest, you know, to to get ready to to start killing America's Americans uh, by 2016. I think they're gonna <coughs> and, and they're gonna uh, enhance that really really far with a terrorist attack or two. That's no problem. 
They're asking them would they kill Americans by the 2016. Oh, they're, gonna, they, they're saying we're going to ask you to kill Americans by 2016. Well, with a terrorist attack or two, that's no problem. And it's got a picture that says Revolution, Revolution 2016. Oh, hey, yeah, they're going to they, they're going to ask people to kill Americans probably in a couple months from here. That's easy. Uh, the the way I get all my information is is I, I sort of synopsize I, I kind of synops synopsize it, meaning shorten it, shorten the information that I got. But I go I, I normally go to the top uh, uh, forecasters, and I know Nostradamus. I used to do that when I first started Bible prophecy, and that don't have nothing to do with Bible prophecy, does it? That shows you how far I was off. Um. It says uh, that they, the groundwork is being laid for a future event where the United States military forces go to war against American citizens, and that's coming up. That's not that's not far off in the distance. They got the 2016 posted. That's not folks, unless that's the middle of the tribulation period. And 2012, what 12, 13, 14, 15 and a half. Yeah, it will be 2016 almost. Yeah, yeah, we got it right. Yep. It says, uh, most frightening of all, the American enemy is not invasion to be anarchist, envisioned to be anarchist or crazed terrorist or subversive seeking to destroy the matrix of America, but everyday Americans that are attempting to save the vision of the founders of the framing of the Constitution. And, and keep in mind, folks, the Bible says that in, in Revelations, it says that the Antichrist shall frustrate the saints, and and saint the saints have they're we're not we're not trying to uh, uh, you know um, we're not crazed terrorists we're not trying to subvert uh, the the matrix of America we're not trying to do all this crazy stuff we're not even talking about the founding fathers which a lot of Christians do but we're trying to we're just trying to have the right to uh, religious freedom. Uh, and America is going to be not America, the same. This America that we're living in now is on death wings. Uh, the death reaper is going to come knocking at the door any day now. This forecast that the major stock market collapse, uh, greater than the Great Depression, is coming. And we know that famines are taking shape with the drought now. This thing could get nasty overnight because if there's a collapse in the markets and the truck drivers can't get their their meals, uh, excuse me, can't get their meal ticket, they can't get their paycheck, uh, then uh, they're not going to deliver. And then if they, and the Bible says and there should be earthquakes, pestilence, and famines, these things will keep the truck drivers from delivering. If they get sick, they can't deliver anything, right? If there's earthquakes, they can't deliver anything, right? If there are terror attacks, they can't deliver anything, right? It says, uh, instead of the improving economy, much of the middle class continues to be mirrored in what's basically a Great Depression. Jobs are scarce. Unemployment remains the same or creeps up. The cost of living continues to escalate and opportunity becomes scarce. In the coming years, 
uh, thousands of spy drones will patrol America. For what? Because because we we didn't run we didn't run the national debt up. I mean, we have something to do with it, but we didn't run the national debt up. I mean, well, who are they coming with? Who are they coming? Why are they coming after American citizens for? The violent country, uh, the violence continued to escalate after almost ten years of the race baiting and immigrant bashing by the right wing demagogues. Nearly one in five Americans reports being vehemently oppressed to immigration, illegal or legal, and even unborn new new non whites have become socially targets for moms of angry whites. I don't know what this what they talking about right there. Uh, forgive me if I don't that this came off my cell phone. But uh, yeah, I see what they're saying though. They're saying that uh, a lot of the the race relations uh, are going to cause a lot of the problems. Uh, I see down in California, well, a police officer beat beat up somebody. They were having riots down there just recently. Um, it says it is then the economy lays forth have scenarios of a full scale insurgency. I can't even read that. Against it's on my telephone against government officials. In May in two thousand sixteen, an extremist military militant group uh motivated by goals of the Tea Party movement takes over the government of Darlington, South Carolina, occupying City Hall. Say that now that's that's what they call a um uh scenario. They got a lot of scenarios on here, too. I apologize for my slow reading because it's on a cell phone and and it's tiny. And it's a big article. It's a huge article. So when I get done, I'm going to read the whole thing. It says, um, yeah, it has a controlled and command center. It says it has a war room. And it looks like it's off of the war rooms based off of uh, war games. Um. Remember the movie War Games? I think it's called War Games back in the 80s where they had the neutron bomb, uh, nuclear arsenal was controlled by a computer and it got away from them and these kids hacked into the computer and it was about they kind of awakened this uh, computer uh, robot. Um, artificial intelligence was controlling the uh, the the missiles from from all over the world and and what happened was the kid activated this thing and he decided the the computer decided he wanted to play a game so uh, when it you know cutting the story short uh it ended up having to stop the computer from going to full blown world war 3 with russia um but uh, I think I'm getting kind of short-winded here. Uh, but uh, I'm going to continue on for 14 more minutes left in the, in the show. It says, um, it says milk, uh, market meltdown nears, and this was based on more, this was May 14, 2012. And it talks about the financial indicator that traders have watched most for a sign of another Lehman-like Swan dive and stock has suddenly itched to the edge of the abyss in overnight trading. Um, they also had this one um, indicator that was based off the moon and the stars, 
And this guy is supposed to be really accurate. And he's saying that <laughs> September, October, it's going to be a crash. And that's going along with um, Gerald Salente and and all these other um, indicators and individuals. I think this is a guy named Mark Furman or Mike Ferber, something like that, who uh, said that uh, 2013 or earlier would be a stock market collapse uh, or collapse of the uh, whole entire infrastructure of the American way of life. Um, so we got World War III being faced. We have um, economic downturn. We have um, weather, strange weather patterns. We have um, drought, which will cause famines. Um, I mean, we have the strange 2012 prophecies, which actually technically is not the end of the world at all, but it's a paradigm shift to a age of Aquarius. From the age of Pisces to the age of Aquarius, um, the God consciousness, those type of things that that um, seem to be at our doorstep, folks. If this thing goes on another year, I'll be surprised. If Jesus Christ does not come and get his church in the next couple of days, I'll still be surprised. I mean, I'm not saying I won't. I won't keep. I mean, heck, uh, you know, thir- thirteen, fourteen, two thousand thirteen, fourteen. I'd love to see what the news look like then. If it don't come knocking at my door, but I'd rather see Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I could, I could continue on ministry. I can continue doing. I can go to school and finish my degree, Bible college, and stuff like that. I mean, but what good, what benefit is it for me when I can be seeing my Jesus? I mean the the world don't the world don't know God the world don't, the world don't want God the world think what I'm saying is strange the world think the rapture is strange and some of the, some of the people inside the church think the rapture is strange how much more the world people don't know God folks people just not at the nine eleven what happened the church is filled up and then three months later the churches went back empty again you got you got churches going out of business sales. People have forgotten Christ. They return back to their first love. That's why the church, that's why you got pastors retiring. That's why, I mean, pastors going out of business. That's why you got churches going out of business. You got the pastor closing the door, going up, going back to the church that, that fathered him. We got to, we got to, we got to stay with Christ, folks. We don't be looking at no church building. Don't be looking at no man. You follow him. You follow the man if he's going to do what God's doing according to the word. You follow the man to a certain distinct. Now, when I say follow the man, I'm not saying follow, follow, follow like he's God. But I'm saying listen to what he's saying. We had a pastor preach on being a follower or a fan. It's based off of one of our brother in Christ's book. And I, I kind of forget the, guy, the guy's name for right now, but... He says, you're going to be a follower or a fan? He says, you're a fan. I mean, fans don't take, you know, you can be a fan. You can be a fan, but it's not the same thing as being a follower. He asked the question, 
to the church. He says, does fans go to heaven? I don't know. And then he comes back later and says, no. You have to go engaged. You have to engage all the way. You have to be there. Just like a father would have to be there for his kids. You can't just go and sleep with somebody else and go down the street and live somewhere else or some other woman's house. The mom is going to get in and kick you out completely. This is like a corporation. I work for, you know, Delta Corporation. Oh, okay, so where are you? Why aren't you at work? I'm in the parking lot. Well, why are you in the parking lot for? He does it like three more times. They're going to fire him. I mean, folks, being saved is belonging to Jesus. It's not being far off. Okay, I'm born again now. I believe in Jesus. So let me go back to doing what I was doing before, though. See, I'm far off because I'm far off. You're far off. You need Jesus to go to heaven. And I admit, this was a rough around the edges show. It's more like not judgmental. It wasn't judgmental. It wasn't meant to be judgmental. It's just meant to say how frustrated I am. And I don't know if this was what would it call vexing Lot's righteous spirit, but I, I, I get kind of frustrated when I see people. I've always, always been like this, though, who don't say thank you, who ain't thankful for nothing. Just, just oh, whatever. We're supposed to have this. We're supposed to have it. And by the way, we're supposed to have your stuff, too. So let me steal your stuff out of my house. By the way, you can't be a real preacher because you're letting your son steal stuff out your house or your daughter or your friends or whoever. Folks, trials and tribulations come in many shapes and forms. When I stand in front of God to give an account, I'm not going to have my kids to the right or left. And when they stand in front of the account and give an account, they're not going to have me to the right or left. So eventually they're going to have, have to make their decision. My little ones, I've been around my little ones much for the whole duration of their lives. I can preach to them. Is my house out of order? Nope. I wouldn't say it is because I still got power in my house. I still, I'm still i dictator. But do I dictate to a point where they're frustrated? Nope. My son is out of the house, and we don't see this, this, this cat until he comes back home. That's our fault. I'm more concerned about his eternal destiny than I am what, what college he's going to go to. But that goes along with the with the ship, right? Look, folks, Jesus Christ has come back pretty soon. Don't matter who stole from you. Don't matter who hurt your feelings. You better forgive him. We got to forgive. We got to forgive. We can't hold grudges, folks. When the rapture comes, if you're holding a grudge, you might not be coming. You might not be going. I still get frustrated. I get frustrated because people don't believe that there is a God. You get you get your you get one of your kids to put together a computer desk, and you're like, "Wow, you're having trouble with it, right? Huh?" Or you get your kid to do a, a, a you know, a, a paper. You got to do a paper for school. Oh, I thought that's supposed to come by accident. Huh? You actually got to think about this stuff, right? Well, what makes you think a person who is sophisticated as you came by accident if you can't put that desk together right? 
or you can't do that paper correctly. It takes some thought on it. Because I think people forget that there, I, I, I believe people believe that there is a God, but the devil believes that there is a God and they tremble. So technically, they never think, I think they, they, the time is working with them because time is so far off. It's so far off that I'm going to die. It's so far off that we're going to stand in front of God and give him the cup. That'll never happen because America's still great, remember? I'm protected. I will always have a Big Mac and some double cheeseburger or a strawberry shake and some fries. My family would always provide for me video games and computers and cell phones. But can we pay for your soul? We can bring you to the water, but we can't force you to drink it. Choose you this day who you're going to serve. And I hate to say this, but as, as for me and a fraction of my family, <laughs> we would serve the Lord. People got to make their own decisions, folks. I don't care how mad y'all get at me. They can put a nasty uh, message. That's fine. I, I'm taking responsibility. I'll take responsibility. But I'm not going to sit up here and shoot myself in the foot. These people got to make their own decision, folks. Maybe that's what's wrong with Christianity. We think We think that we can talk them into being saved. We can't talk nobody being the saved. We ain't going to be able to talk nobody into being saved, folks. But take my, my next program, because $20 bet says if I was a betting man, I would try to talk you into being saved. <laughs> I love my family. I love my, I love my friends. I love my people. But it does hurt me to think... That, wow, I mean, we're so happy that Damascus is going to get blown up that we're not even thinking about people down the street. Oh, my God. You know, there's a lot of private eye Christians, a lot of Christians who come out the closet. It's like homosexuality. I didn't know you was a Christian. Neither did I. Actually, yeah, I did. I I guess. <laughs> You know, I mean, people think I'm being sarcastic at me. But I'm just saying, man, I mean, just we live in a society where everybody's supposed to be Christian. Everybody acts like they're Christian. Everybody says, well, I'm a Christian. But do you know him? Do you take orders for Jesus? Do you read his word and say, what did the word say? Does the word mean anything to you? Do you go to his word to find out what you're going to do next? Because I know it took me a long time. Even with some hardcore churches, I still didn't do it. I want to know what Jesus wants me to do. He's the Lord and Savior of my life. And I hope he is for you too. If you don't know, come into your heart. Revelations 3.20 says, I stand at the door and knock. If anybody opens up the door, I'll come in to their heart. If you don't know Jesus today, the open invitation is here. 
Ask him, Lord, come into my heart.